We're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. We're the backbone of the state of Texas. Creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. I'm Wade Howard, joined by my co-host, Dan Sell. Thanks for joining us this week. Dan, where are we headed? Well, Wade, we are headed to Brownfield, Texas with a man named uh, Kirk Martin. Uh, we discussed uh, rainwater harvesting and the West Texas Young Farmers Association. Kirk, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you, Wade? Doing good. Dan, yourself? Doing well, doing well. Excited to have uh, Mr. President Kirk Martin <laughs> on here. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that later, folks. Don't worry about it. Kurt, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and, and the operation y'all run there in Brownfield? Uh, so I'm from Brownfield, Texas, uh, uh, down in Terry County. We uh, I graduated high school in 2013, and I went to West Texas A&M for a couple, a year and a half, I guess, and then spent a semester at South Plains and level end and didn't college just wasn't for me (laughs) um i had a job at a sesame seed company for the last two semesters of college and uh i spent too much time working instead of studying (laughs) so uh because i'd much rather be working than going to school but did that and then uh i guess in 2016 i i was uh there at South Plains and I decided, or I had the opportunity to come back and farm. There was a quarter that came up for rent. And so I, I decided to come back and start farming it. And I guess the rest is history. (laughs) So I farm with my dad and brother. Uh, my brother is six years older than me. And, uh, so he's kind of had a head start on me quite a bit, but, uh, uh, I sure couldn't have got started without either of them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But so, we all kind of farm together uh, as one big operation. We have uh, each of us has our own equipment, and so we're kind of spreading that out. But it doesn't matter, you know. If like I have a sprayer, so I'm spraying most of their land with the little acres that I do have. Um, I'm spraying a lot for them, but at the same time, they're doing a lot of tractor work for me. So it all kind of evens out. So uh, that's kind of how we, we run things, I guess. But it seems like a lot of farms down in that area do that. I've, I've talked to a couple of guys in that general area that it seems like not only is it a family farm, but you know, each, each uh, farmer in that family has his own, uh company almost but also entity. is able to entity there we go that's the right word each farmer has its own entity but at the same time y'all are also able to to uh cooperate with each other enough right. to where you're not just having to go purchase freaking tons of equipment for right you know just and a little bit of land that that's the way my when my dad started farming that's the way him and my granddad started it um and it really worked for them and you know they formed a partnership and then when my brother started farming he built up some equity and and had started buying some equipment and and then he 
he ended up buying my grandpa out. And so now my dad and brother have a partnership. And so that's in the future plans as I, you know, continue to grow and kind of get on my feet a little bit better is to hopefully buy into that, into that partnership with them, you know? Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what do y'all, what do y'all raise over there, Kirk? Uh, we're mostly cotton and peanuts and we, uh, we do a little bit of wheat. Uh, most of that is for cover crop. Uh, we'll for sure grow at least 120 or or acres or maybe even 240 acres of, of uh, harvest wheat. Mm-hmm. And we catch our own wheat. Excuse me. We catch our own wheat and then uh, uh, plant. We catch enough that we can plant a lot of cover crop for the next year. I get you. I get Kurt, you. Kurt, for somebody that doesn't play in the dirt all day, explain what you mean by catch your own wheat. So after when we're harvesting the wheat, what we'll do is instead of taking it to the elevator, we uh, put it in our own silo. We have on-farm storage. And so basically it goes straight from the combine into the silo. And it stays there all summer until September when we get ready to start planting again. Mm-hmm. So y'all aren't taking any of that to the elevator itself. You're keeping most of it for your cover crops and that's what helps you to be able to pay out for like cover crops for your cotton. And, and, right. And so that makes sense. I mean, where we've been in the last several years, we've just grown enough to catch enough for mm-hmm. all of our cover. But we actually, if we have extra, we will take it to the elevator and sell it. Okay. Uh, okay. That makes sense. But like this year, we're going to, this last year, I got held out in June. So 75% of my acres are already in wheat. So this year, I'm going to cut back on my cotton acres and farm, grow some harvest wheat mm-hmm. uh, because it's already there. And, you know, I'm getting them free moisture right now i'm not having to water it so (laughs) yeah i understand so so kirk you've been farming for for what six years now uh i know this this will be crop number five oh nice okay well congratulations that's a good milestone right there yeah but uh (laughs) i mean it seriously is especially farming here in the panhandle i i can't understand what it might be like down there with total different crops but i know i know personally and only my uh what two and a half years of actually really going out and being a farmer myself. There's been a lot of difficulties uh, with it compared to what I thought it would be. Uh, you want to venture in on that? What kind of difficulties do you come across there? Uh, central Texas, almost. Central Texas. We are not central. <laughs> that is a disgrace. <laughs> I just had to say that. I'm sorry. For those of you outside of Texas, Terry <laughs> County is located on the South Plains Pretty far away from Central Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to dig that in a little bit. I'm sorry, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you take your left hand and your your palm, your if you're looking at your palm, okay, so make a gun with your left hand looking at your palm, and you have your last three fingers folded in, right about where that uh, would it be the first crease? Or the third crease. 
I'm going to say the first crease. Going from bottom to top. <laughs> I think right about there is where right about there is where we would be. Okay. So not not Central Texas. Not, not Central Texas. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. So let's let's move on here from, from learning which hand is my left and which is my right to uh, what what kind of pro what kind of problems do y'all run into, especially over there? You might get pretty dry as well, even though you have irrigation. What kind of problems do y'all run into? Yeah, the drought is a big problem. Uh, 2011 was really bad. We had mm, yeah, it was. maybe eight inches of rain mm-hmm. that whole year, and our average is usually 12 to 18. Yeah. So it was really dry in 2011, and that really hurt our irrigation wells, and it's pretty much... We haven't had a real good year since 2010. 2010 yeah. was a really good year, but then 2011 hit and it was terrible. Yeah. But the 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 droughts are bad. Um, you know, I like to tell everybody we farm a beach with no water because we're literally it's everybody that comes out here that's not from here. They're like, how do you farm in this sand? so uh but it's the drought is is really difficult but you know just trying to get started or you know i started the five years ago now so Mm -hmm. if the last 10 years haven't been good so having 10 years of bad county averages and then five of those years for my history my aph history is bad so that make, that makes it a little bit difficult to have a, a good insurance price, my my insurance coverage, let me say, to where I could get a good a bank loan. I, I mean, I'm still getting a loan. I have a really good relationship with my banker, and uh, which is a huge plus. <laughs> yeah, that is very but, uh, important. But, I mean, he, he's been with us ever since I can remember. And so he, he knows and he understands and, but, uh, it, it makes it harder for them to loan me the money that I, you know, need to, to get the crop going and, and keep it up throughout the year. But, right. You know, I can't really complain either because I haven't, I haven't really struggled. It's, it's been rough. I won't say, (laughs) uh, it's not, easy but you know out of the first five years i've only made money once so well let me i'll take that back i that first year i farmed a quarter i made a little bit (laughs) yeah i understand that but uh you know it wasn't anything but kirk kirk as a young farmer in in 2016 when you were presented the opportunity to come back home and and farm with your family uh was that a tough decision to make knowing uh, knowing about the weather, knowing about the type of soil that was there, knowing about the the, the economics of farming, uh, was that was that something that you had to think about pretty hard, or was it a no brainer for you? Oh, it was a no brainer. I hated school, so <laughs> I would have done anything to get away from school. Uh, but so yeah, it was a no brainer. But you know, I really didn't know too much about the economics until I really started doing it myself, mm-hmm. and. 
you know, sometimes I wish I would have known a little bit more about it, but at the same time, it's like, well, learning, doing it while I'm learning while I'm doing it has kind of, I think it's made me a better farmer because of that. If that makes sense. That, that makes sense. I get that totally. Kurt, you mentioned that, that rainfall, uh, when y'all do get it, it's thankful. Uh, I know recently you, you post on, on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, um, some good heavy rain and a big lightning strike. That was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Uh, there's also something pretty cool y'all have done on your farm there um, to kind of capture that rainwater. Tell us a little bit about that. So in 2015, uh, we decided to build a barn. And uh, my dad is on the uh, Terry County Soil and Water Conservation District Board. And they were looking for a project to sponsor. And uh, the... Oh, what's it called? The underground water district was also looking for a project and they had a rain, rainwater harvesting system on their building in town. And it was just a real small scale, just kind of, you know, show you how it works and that kind of stuff. And so it was kind of the perfect opportunity to try it out and we were willing to do it. And so that's what we did. We put a, rainwater harvesting system on our barn and so basically it's you put gutters up on your barn but instead of going all the way down to the ground with your drains you would put a piece of pvc pipe underneath the gutters Mm -hmm. and so your gutters drain under that pvc pipe and then it makes it flow all the way to one end of the barn and from there it goes into our storage tanks. Um, we also have uh, three downspouts on each side. So from your PVC, you know, we'll have a T in there and it's like six inch pot and it comes all the way down to the ground. And so that's kind of our filtration system. So all the dirt, bird poop, anything that's on top of that barn, it, uh-huh. it fit, has to fill up those three downspouts. And so, like, each one of those downspouts holds 26 gallons of water. Mm-hmm. So, let's see, 26 times 3. That's the first 78 gallons on each side. So, the first 156 gallons of water goes into those downspouts. And so, hopefully, we're getting all of our dirt, everything off of the barn in there first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it has a banjo valve on it. So... You know, after it gets done raining, we can go open those up and it'll flush out and then you just close them and it fills back up the next time. Uh, but So what are y'all doing with that water? So I'm assuming you put it in irrigation. Actually, we're using it to spray uh, oh, and wash is- vehicles and that kind of stuff. So we actually drilled a well at our barn and... It was like, it was barely enough to run a toilet and a sink. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it had nothing. <laughs> it couldn't power a house. <laughs> so we were, that's the other reason why we were kind of interested in the system. But uh, we, we do use it for spraying and we use it for uh, washing our tractors and pickups. And it's really nice because you can run a, 
we've got a, a pressure washer and w- when you wash a tractor or a pickup it doesn't spot your windows like well water does because it doesn't have the minerals in it that is nice i like that so i just i didn't realize all the well there's not too much mechanic in that goes along with with catching rainwater but i hadn't ever thought about like catching all that bird poop or, or dirt or something else in your deal so right. that makes sense i like that idea and like so on the has on, it, the, on the edge of our barn where that PVC is, it it slopes too. So on the side of the on the side of the barn where the tanks are, it's it's mm-hmm. the lowest it is. But on the uh-huh. opposite side of the barn, that, that PVC is like right next to the gutter. So that way it does drain, and you know we don't have to worry about that PVC freezing during the winter. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, one thing I have to say about your barn is I absolutely love the Texas flag <laughs> on your barn. I I think you tagged me in that picture uh, on your Instagram a while back, and my mm-hmm. gosh, you, I, that just that just I mean, my it just swells up the pride of Texas. In it me. does I that, and it. it and it is to specs. So it is that that star. This was my brother's idea, and my brother is very. Uh, very particular he is uh he likes it done a certain way and mm-hmm. and it needs to be perfect and i i get a little bit from that to him i get a little bit of that from him too so i can be that way too but uh-huh. uh, it is to specs um the star if it was a circle this uh, it it's that star is over seven foot wide wow. i mean it's big <laughs> the total surface area of the roof is 19,000 square feet. So, uh, and that's with the barn and the one lean-to. And we have the we have the capacity to store 30,000 gallons of water at one time. Wow. So, and we actually need more storage. Um, because when we do have a drought, um, you know, the, that, what, that water will stay for a long time. We can we can kind of monitor it and, and not use it all at once, you know, but if we had more storage, then we could be able to store it for longer and, and use it throughout the whole summer. You know, if we had a big drought, um, but some interesting facts about it, uh, for, I guess for me, uh, maybe interesting to y'all, but, uh, off of a two and a half inches of rain, we can collect that full 30,000 gallons of water. Wow. So it really doesn't take a whole lot of rain to fill up that big of an amount. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I had in mind to ask you like how much you can, you can harvest off of like a half an inch, but that makes sense. That's, that's a big, you said 19,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a big surface area. That, that's is. amazing. Is but like I said, I mean, if we could have more storage, then we could store store it throughout the year, and uh, you know, we could really not ever run out of water. And like yeah. our tanks, there, there's our, we have steel tanks, but the inside are lined with plastic. They're like oil filled grade tanks, so gotcha. They should never rust. Okay, that makes sense. So if you if a guy's listening to here and, and he might be looking into building a new shop or a barn or something like that, would you – And I mean, it depends on what kind of area because like up north, they, they can't get rid of rain. But around here where it's a little bit more 
different. Would you advise for them to definitely look into something like this or do you think it's worth the time and money for, for somebody? Yeah. I mean, what, what's it hurt? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> that uh, makes sense for, for me, it's kind of like, you know, we, we can use 30,000 gallons of free water and not have to pull it out of the ground. Right. I mean, it eventually in the long run, it'll pay for itself for not having to use a well to pump all that water. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, it's definitely worth something. It's definitely, definitely something to look into. Uh, it, now, if you're in California, you can't look into it <laughs> because it's illegal, <laughs> yep. Gosh, which is California. crazy to me that it's illegal to harvest rainwater to catch rainwater. It's just, it's amazing. But it's got, anyways, cancer. that's a, another rabbit hole. <laughs> Kirk, you've got, you've got quite the Instagram. I enjoy following you. Uh, you're, you've got quite the informational posts and everything. I enjoy seeing cotton harvest and peanut harvest and everything else. And, uh, what made you decide to just get on the social media? I know for some people it's just because, Hey, why not? But are there any deals with that? I mean, I'm just curious. Well, I've had social media for a long time. You know, I had it back in high school. Um, and you know, then it was just kind of like a, you know, keep up with friends, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, with the ag side of it, um, you know, I, I had a couple friends that kind of started posting ag pictures and which I've always posted ag stuff, but, um, what really kind of got it going, I guess, was, um, my wife, uh, she is, uh, she got her master's at tech for ag communications or she got her undergrad in ag communications and got her master's in uh, mass communications. Mm -hmm. And she grew up in Dublin, which it is in central Texas. Um, that is, that is where I live, Dan. I, I live in Central Texas. <laughs> so that's Central Texas. Got it. <laughs> so if you take your left hand. <laughs> but so she grew up in the dairy industry down there. Uh, her dad has a business down there where he kind of, he built, built and builds and fixes dairies. Um, so she grew up in agriculture but not the crop production side of agriculture. And so when we got, we were dating and got married, a lot of the things that I said to her just never made sense. And so like I I would try to figure out a way to explain it. And so her with her communication degrees, she's really helped me communicate to non-agriculture people in a way that they can understand it. Mm -hmm. And which is really needed, I think, because there's such a gap. There's such a uh, distance between people living in Dallas versus out here in Brownfield. Right. Uh, and so, you know, if I can, if one person can see a positive agriculture post, and, you know, if I change one person's opinion about agriculture, then, you know, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Kurt, uh, you know, Dan referred to you as Mr. President earlier, and we're, we're about to address that. But your your wife, if I'm correct, is, is Red Raider royalty in her own sense. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> so, 
Um, my wife was a master rider in 17 and 18. And that's uh, pretty cool. That's pretty cool that she was able to experience that. And I, I, I looking through your posts, you were able to travel with her some and, and be her assistant, yes. I guess as well. Yes. I, I uh, had a, quite a few people tell me that my official job for that year was the official poop scooper. Hey, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's Somebody, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on but, in the beginning of the podcast, like Wade just mentioned, I, I called you Mr. President, which is very important in my opinion, but uh, you just got elected onto uh, being the president of West Texas Young Farmers Association. Correct. Is that the right wording? Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. So uh, I've been a board member on the West Texas Young Farmers for oh about two years. Um, they had a guy step down from his position and uh, they needed somebody to fill his board seat. And so uh, Mason Becker, the previous president, he had asked me to uh, come join and, and take that board seat. And so uh, I did. And uh, it's been a really great group. Uh, I've learned a lot through that group. Uh, we we focus mainly on the political side of things. Um, I think their first event, event that they hosted was actually a forum between uh, the mayor of Lubbock and Jody Arrington when they were having that runoff for uh, to get that congressman seat. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of really boosted them and put them on the map. Uh, course i wasn't involved with it at that point but uh, so they have really strong political ties and they have a really good relationship with or we have a really good relationship with jody errington and uh, so that it's been really informative to me to be able to go to those meetings and and listen to you know what people are hearing or especially when they were uh making the farm bill uh i could go in there and and people would constantly have information about what is happening with this farm bill, uh, you know, kind of help me prepare for what's going to happen in the future, uh, kind of help me make decisions for my farming for that year uh, and for years to come with this farm bill. Um, we also have guys, uh, Cody Bass- Bassett, he, uh, he works for Plains Cotton Growers and he, he has real strong ties in DC. And so, he he's come to several of our meetings and I've really liked it when he has been there because he is very informative of, uh, especially with the cotton market of what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, with the farm bill, trying to get cotton back in the farm bill at that point. And so he, it, it's just been very informative for me for not only political side of it, but for information about insurance or, uh, anything like that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of young farmers out there in that part of the world. Uh, why, why is, as the new president of that organization, uh, what would you say to somebody who, who isn't real sure if they should get involved or not? You know, for a young guy that's trying to get started or, you know, just wants to be more informed. I think this is a great group. It's a great opportunity to, uh, be involved, especially with the political side of things. And, uh, just it's just very informative, um, but we also do other things too. I mean, we uh, we do a lot of cooking, so we we cater uh, events, local events, uh, like the Women in Ag Day. 
um, you know, we get a bunch of young farmers, young men out there cooking for the women. So that, that does, I mean, that's, uh, PR, you know, uh, <laughs> that's uh, putting a good face to us. Um, and which Mason is a really good cook. So that really helps <laughs> if it was me doing it, nobody would come, but, uh, <laughs> but we do a little bit of that, but we, last year we actually started giving out a scholarship. So we had a $5,000 scholarship and uh, for juniors, junior in high school can apply. And in between their junior and senior year during that summer, their requirements, they have to come to a board meeting so they can understand how board operations work. Um, and then through our sponsors, they have to have 20 hours of, of job shadowing. So we're, we're trying to target the kids that are wanting to be involved in ag or welding or, uh, some sort of trade and just try to help them out because we need people involved in ag for our future. Um, so last year we had three applicants and so we gave out three, $5,000 scholarships to them. And uh, the other requirement is that when they're in college, they have to keep above a 2.75 GPA. Um, so some people say it's a little strict, but, you know, if we're going to be giving out $5,000, I think it's well worth it, especially for, you know, I can look, <laughs> I feel like an old man, but I can look back at me in high school and say, oh, I'm not going to do that. But looking back now, I'm like, go do it because you'll figure out how a board works. I mean, <laughs> If you're wanting to do this, it's something that will very benef- be very beneficial for you long-term in the future. Yeah, Kirk, you kind of answered my next question here, but if you could go back to, uh, we'll go younger, how about 15 years old, Kirk Martin, and what would you say uh, to him versus to what you know now uh, to maybe help him along? Say somebody got a young farmer and he's 15 years old. Uh, what would you say to them? You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't be stupid is what I'd first tell myself. But <laughs> you know, looking back, I worried and stressed a whole lot, especially you know my first few years of farming. But you know, I guess as a fifteen-year-old, uh, not to worry and stress so much. Just go live life and. God will always take care of you. He says yeah. he'll always provide for us and take care of us. And that's what's got me through the last five years. And yeah. And, and just, Kirk, you're, you're, you're pretty open about your faith on your Instagram. I, I see, see that. <clears throat> and is that, that's, that's a personal decision by yourself only, but uh, you know, what made you decide that, you know, you've got tough years what what helps to put that out there? You know, God will carry you through that. But but explain more into that for our listeners. Mm. I mean, I, I've always. Why why would you want to hide something that's the greatest part of my life? Or why would I want to hide something that's the greatest part of my life? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. My faith has grown dramatically 
in the last five years because, <laughs> you know, being being short at the bank, owing a bunch of money, and, you know, it's like, how am I ever going to do this? How am I ever going to pay this back? How, you know, I've, I've had these years, these trying years that have really tested me, and I've really just had to let go of it and just believe that he's going to take care of me and he has and he's really blessed me and helped me to be where I'm at today. Um, and that honestly is, I think the biggest, the only reason, (laughs) the only reason I've struggled so much the last five years is because God had a plan for me. He wanted me to struggle so that I would build that relationship with him. Yeah. But I just, I don't want to hide it, and I, I want, the my biggest deal right now is I want to love other people because God loves me. I mean, Amen. if he can love me, yeah. <laughs> he can love anybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know what you mean. Uh, that, that's my goal right now is just to be the best man that I can be and, and just show everybody love and appreciation for what they are and who they are, no matter how different than they, they are than me. Yeah. Well, Kirk, I, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. I sure appreciate you. Uh, you talking about, about your faith. Sometimes it's difficult to talk about it, you know, uh, to, to people, but I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, in closing, Kirk, what you mean, we've talked about your social media. We've talked about, uh, quite a bit of different things, but, uh, if you wouldn't mind plugging in your, your Instagram, just so people can give you a follow. And uh, man, it I I feel like I know you a whole lot better than I did a little bit before. You know, it, it's amazing <laughs> how well this thing goes. Well, my Instagram is Kirk Martin underscore 13. Um, and then I guess on Facebook, it's just Kirk Martin. But I don't really have a handle for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, Kirk, thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Uh, if you want to find his Instagram, it'll be linked in the show notes. Um, Dan, another good one. Uh, we've got a great set of, of people coming on the podcast, and they're not going to slow down. Um, Kurt, thanks again. Dan, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Advocates. Be sure and check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to see who we'll feature next. On behalf of Dan, I'm Wade. We'll see you next time.